Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, Monday, October 12th, and the Giants are coming off another loss. Yes, a 37-34 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Don't let that score, however, fool you. The closeness of that score. The Giants continued to struggle. The offensive line was a sieve. Daniel Jones had an opportunity to bring this team back from the dead and and wasn't able to capitalize. There were penalties that wiped two touchdowns off the board. Everything and anything that could have gone wrong did for the Giants, including a season-ending or a potential season-ending injury to outside linebacker Lorenzo Carter. And uh, we're going to talk about all that and more on today's show. But first, I do want to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. Now, as everybody probably knows, Dak Prescott suffered a compound fracture of his right ankle, a very gruesome looking injury. It's like the first time you saw it, if you blinked, you missed it. But when they replayed it, it was almost reminiscent of when Joe Theismann years ago broke his leg on a tackle by Lawrence Taylor. It it was just that gruesome. Prescott later had emergency surgery on the ankle and um, just... I know he's on the other team, but at the end of the day, folks, we're all people. And you never, ever, ever want to see that happen to anybody. I don't care who the player is. I don't care what team he's on. None of that matters. You never want to see that type of injury. You don't want to see injury, period, happen to anybody because, you know, football is a very rough, physically demanding game. We all know that. And uh, Prescott, you know, I know there are people out there that are going to say, oh, boo-hoo, but I'll say it anyway. This is a guy who was trying to get paid. He was trying to get some long-term security for himself, for his family. Um, He was playing on the exclusive franchise tag tender. I think that paid him close to $33 million or something like that. But he obviously was looking for the long-term benefit. And again, I know some of you out there are going to say, oh, so what? Boo-hoo. He's making more, you know, one week than I'll ever see in a lifetime. That's not the point. The point is, is, you know, this is a guy who's doing everything he can a guy who is putting his body on the line, his health on the line, his long-term health on the line, 
every day and you know you just don't want to see it so now you know much like what happened with Saquon Barkley whose injury by comparison isn't quite you know like what Prescott suffered but is serious nonetheless now you're talking about these guys livelihood and they only have a small window in which to earn money you know in which to strike it big and you know now Prescott likely has been set back as has Saquon Barkley um, when he was injured a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks back. And um, you, you just, it's terrible. It's, it really is. And, you know, best wishes to Dak Prescott for a speedy recovery. He's a heck of a quarterback, a heck of a competitor. Um, Andy Dalton obviously will take the Cowboys the rest of the way of the season. Um, but, uh, yeah, that that was definitely, you know, a moment that I think took the air out of, the tires of both sides and, you know, just to kind of see how they both responded. Um, very, very uh, moving. Um, I mentioned Lorenzo Carter's injury. I don't want to leave him off to the side because his injury is also significant. And again, you never want to see that with any player. With Carter, he suffered a non-contact injury. It looks like it it is his Achilles. It looks like it is season ending and just, it's awful. I mean, the Carter situation, I mean, this is a young man. First of all, you know, people are pointing out that the Giants are down now two outside linebackers. For what it's worth, Lorenzo Carter played strong side. O'Shane Zimenez, who was placed on injured reserve on Friday, plays weak side. So not quite the same position, but the point of course is, is that they're down, down two young players they were counting on this year. And um, getting back to Carter, he, his numbers weren't eye popping by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he was probably making the most impact of the young outside linebacker groups, maybe outside of uh, Kyler Fackrell, who has really come on strong the last couple of, of uh, games. But again, Fackrell is more of a weak side linebacker. And I just don't know how the Giants are going to replace Lorenzo Carter and his skill set. He just has a unique blend of skills that were just, just seem perfect for this defense. And, you know, that's a big blow. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. And it's unfortunate because he had worked hard as well. Um, he was looking forward to really having a big year and, you know, that's now been apparently taken away from him. So just, you know, bad enough, the Giants lost the game that was winnable, but, you know, those two injuries on both sides of both sides of the sidelines, just, just awful folks. And, Not a good way, obviously, to start off Monday morning. It's not a good way to start off the show, and I apologize for being a downer, but, you know, look, that's what happens when you have a a loss. So, anyway, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into um, some of the games, some of the observations and whatnot, so stay with us. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business. 
and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And I want to tell you about my debut book. It's called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. And I've sought to create a living history of the top men and moments that have made one of the NFL's charter franchises what it is today. Relive the franchise's four Super Bowls. Find out what convinced former general manager Ernie Accorsi that quarterback Eli Manning was indeed the one. Learn about the events that brought the Tisch family into the Giants' ownership floor, and so much more. This 368-page paperback book includes loads of photos and stories of some of the greatest Giants in history as told in their own words. The Big 50, the men and moments that made the New York Giants, is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever else books are sold. So pick up your copy today. And if you like it, please give it a five-star review. And thank you so much for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trana here with you. And uh, we are recapping the Dallas Cowboys uh, 37-34 win over the New York Giants. The game, again, not as close as the score would indicate. And there's a couple of things I want to talk about in this segment. The first is the play of Daniel Jones. Now, I know what the record says. I know what happened. Um, I wrote an article about this actually over the weekend that appeared on Forbes uh, about Daniel Jones and how the Giants really haven't done this young man any favors. Now, I know there was an article that came out, I believe it was in The Athletic, comparing Jones to some of his contemporaries in, um, you know, to, I think it was like uh, in their second year and whatnot. But here's the here's the big difference, as I see it, with Daniel Jones. And by the way, the jury is still out on him, no question. But here's the, here's where the Giants, in my opinion, went wrong. And this obviously is on the general manager, Dave Gettleman. The other young quarterbacks, you look at Prescott, for example, you look at Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, they walked into a golden situation. And it's funny because Jason Garrett alluded to this last week when he was asked about the timeline for developing young quarterbacks. And when I say a golden situation, basically what I mean by that is they walked in and they basically had a solidified offensive line, which is where it all starts. They had a decent running game. They had at least a number one receiver. They had a functional tight end. All right. So basically, a young quarterback had a strong supporting cast around him, which allowed that young quarterback to step in, feel comfortable, and not think as much, not feel as much pressure. You look at Daniel Jones, and can you honestly say that he has had any of that? I mean, the offensive line is still not where it needs to be. 
It's been rebuilt again in this Daniel Jones' second year. And he's working with an inexperienced center who, you know, and Nick Gates is coming along, but still he's inexperienced. And there's been times this year when you can make the case that a more experienced center like Spencer Pulley might have made a difference. All right. So he's got an offensive line that, that just continues to spring leaks when it comes to protection. He's lost Saquon Barkley, his running game, you know, um, you know, not that the Giants were using Saquon Barkley the way they probably needed to, but he's lost him. And now, you know, Devonta Freeman, Dion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, all right, they're, they're middle of the road type guys at this point. But still, that is a significant loss for Daniel Jones. And, and um, you know, look, a quarterback's best friend besides his offensive line is a solid running game, and, and he doesn't have that. They've never replaced Odell Beckham Jr. Now, granted, Beckham was traded before Daniel was selected. So you can't honestly, I, I don't know if you can necessarily, you know, make this comparison. But what you can say is the Giants don't have a number one receiver. They don't really have a receiver right now that scares anybody. And that is a problem. You look again at the Cowboys. They have probably two guys that you can make an argument for as being a number one receiver. The Giants don't have that. The Giants, you know, you could say maybe they have Golden Tate's the number two. You might make the argument that Darius Slayton is the number two. Sterling Shepard, when he comes back, he'll be a number two. You know, Damian Ratley, I wouldn't even say is a number three at this point, but he's playing in that role. I mean, the Giants just don't have any receivers that, that scare anybody. And then let's look at the tight end, all right? Evan Ingram is tremendously talented. I think we can all agree upon that, when he is on the field, that is. But if somebody could please explain to me why Evan Ingram in the game against the Cowboys only got two pass targets, why we have not seen Evan Ingram sent up the seam, for example, or, or matched up against linebackers and, and defensive backs where, where he could potentially pose a mismatch, I sure would like an explanation. I don't know about you guys, but the point being is, is I don't know that the Giants are getting the most out of Evan Ingram. I don't know if they believe they can get the most out of Evan Ingram, you know, just based on their usage of him. So all that added together, I think, is a big problem and a big reason why Daniel Jones right now, we watch him play and he looks like a deer caught in the headlights. You know, the, the turnovers aside and, and let's, let's be real. That's on Jones. He's got to do a better job of hanging on to that ball, feeling the pressure. And, you know, he says it every week, you know, it's kind of like when Eli used to say, I've got to play better. I got to make more plays. And you'd sit there and you go, duh, of course you do. You know, we know that we could see that. But Daniel Jones, in my opinion, just hasn't been surrounded with the supporting cast he needs to be successful. And look, I try to be fair when it comes to Dave Gettleman. I really do. I'm not out to hang the man. I, I do agree that there are things that he has done or hasn't done that just have hurt this team. And the number one thing that I believe hurt this team is not ensuring there was a strong enough cast around Daniel Jones uh, before he even arrived here. 
You know, Eli Manning, little different situation. You know, he Eli was smart enough. He had been around. He could read things. He could adjust. He could do things that maybe Daniel can't do at this stage in his career. So he might have been able to get by a little bit better than Daniel has. Not much better, mind you, but a little bit better. So if there's one thing that, that Dave Gettleman failed the Giants on, it is in putting a strong supporting cast in place before bringing Daniel Jones on board. All right, folks, stay with us. We'll be right back and to wrap it up with discussions and some thoughts about the defense and special teams. Stay with us. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we brush it off and blame ourselves saying things like, oh, I lost my mojo, or we're trying to avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL and complete an online visit. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off of your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Have you tried the all-new and improved Built Bar? If not, you're missing out on one of the industry's healthiest and tastiest snack treats that's loaded with protein and low on sugar. With 18 different flavors, including nut and non-nut variety, you'll enjoy healthy snacks covered in 100% chocolate that's soft and easy to chew and, most importantly, great for the health conscious. Built Bars are great for folks on the keto diet and include protein and fiber nutrients you need without the exorbitant calories. And use the code LOCKEDON at checkout to save $10 off your next purchase. Visit BuiltBar.com to check out their amazing offering of flavors and put your customized box together. And don't forget, use the code LOCKEDON at checkout to save $10 off your order. That's BuiltBar.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and uh, we are recapping the Giants' 37-34 loss to the Dallas Cowboys Sunday. Not a very happy recap. Again, the score looked a lot closer than what the game probably was, and, you know, just from the Giants not being able to really cash in against a, a, the worst defense in the NFL, just... So many things just wrong with this team, and and uh, you know it's just I, I I don't get it, folks. I really don't. I wish I had answers for you, and I I don't. I mean, I I can only tell you what I see. All right. So what do I see when it comes to the defensive side of the ball? Well, I mentioned the injuries to the two linebackers, and Marcus Golden is a guy who I had uh, really hoped to see get more snaps. And it's interesting because when I was watching Golden play, I remember texting a friend of mine and saying, do you think Golden is having a good game? Because to me, it didn't look like he was having as as good of a game, as impactful a game as he normally has. And my friend uh, texted back to me 
and basically captured what I, the word I was looking for, and that is that Golden was playing a little too aggressively. He almost looked like he was uncomfortable, out of sorts, out of touch, and just didn't have as good of a game as you would have thought. And uh, it was unfortunate because this is a guy who I know a lot of people wondered what was going on. Would they be able to, you know, uh, get him back involved in the mix, especially after he led the, the team in sacks last year? And it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. And um, so I don't know where the Giants go from here. I know they have a, a another linebacker, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he used to play for Graham for a little bit in Miami a new linebacker that uh, is going through the COVID-19 protocols that I suspect will sign at some point. But um, here's here's the other thing that I've got to mention for what it's worth. I mean, the Giants drafted three linebackers. And Tay Crowder, um, Mr. Irrelevant, has seen significant snaps in the defense, but not so much Carter Coughlin and Cam Brown. Uh, Cam Brown, as I think I mentioned last week, has kind of carved out a role for himself on special teams, but hasn't really cracked into the defensive lineup as much. Carter Coughlin, I think they are trying to convert from um, an outside outside linebacker to an inside linebacker. And I'm just looking at the snap counts. Coughlin didn't have any snaps on defense at all. So you just kind of wonder. Now, I know seventh round picks and sixth round picks, you generally, you know, those are hit and miss, but you'd like to think that you would, you know, at least hit on one of those guys. And, you know, Tate Crowder, I mentioned, um, he saw 49 snaps against the Cowboys, um, the most obviously out of all those young linebackers. He kind of replaced Devontae Downs as the other inside linebacker in the base defense. And he's played well. He shows instincts and whatnot. But, um, you know, the point being is if you're going to spend all that talent on linebackers, wouldn't you want to get more production out of that young group? I mean, I, I don't know. That's that's just me. But, um just, you know, so let's let's get to the defensive secondary, you know, and, and I'm looking at the snap counts again. And something that really kind of surprised me is I thought by this time, uh, Madre Harper would see more snaps at cornerback. I thought, you know, Julian Love, who was about a week removed from his injury, would get back to see more snaps. Two guys that didn't see any snaps on defense. And the guys that did see snaps at the, on the defensive backfield, uh, Ryan Lewis played 64 out of 66 uh, snaps. Um, Adrian Colbert played 50 snaps at safety, free safety. Jabril Peppers was back in the lineup, and he got about 23 snaps, which is about what I figured he would get given he was coming off of an injury. I guess what I'm getting at here, folks, is I'm not really sure what's going on with this Giants team. I mean, Julian Love, you would have, you know, 
a utility guy, a guy who they, they had pl- initially planned, my understanding was, to, you know, move around. Kind of like, I guess, what they're doing with Logan Ryan. But you you wonder now, is Logan Ryan, who was who kind of making himself at home in that Giants defense, is he siphoning away some of Julian Love's snaps? I mean, Madre Harper, this is a guy the Giants wanted so badly that they gave him a signing bonus to sign with them. And no defensive snaps? Is, is it that he's just not ready or, or what? I mean, you're going to tell me that Ryan Lewis has played better than this these guys? I mean, Ryan Lewis has been okay, don't get me wrong, but I don't know that I would necessarily pencil him in as my long-term number two starting cornerback opposite of James Bradbury, but yet here it is. He seems that he has that role. So... I don't know, that defensive secondary, I just don't know what to make of it. I really, you know, I'm confused by that. I mean, Nate Abner got a couple of snaps. Uh, Devontae Downs got a couple of snaps. Um, I I don't know, guys. I mean, it's a head-scratcher, but suffice it to say, I think one of the things the Giants better address next year is they better address cornerback. Um, They don't have... A, a solid number two opposite of Bradbury. They really don't. And, you know, you could say, well, maybe, you know, Sam Beal will come back. But I just feel at this point, Sam Beal maybe has just missed too much time. And, you know, maybe it's it's time to move on. I mean, he, he'll get a look, obviously. You can't penalize a guy for choosing to opt out because of COVID. But just think of all the time this kid has missed. And just ask yourself, you know, has, has his ship sailed? realistically speaking. So, I don't know, guys. The, the defensive effort wasn't, you know, it, it, it was, I think, a mixed bag. I mean, the Cowboys rushed for 126 yards on 29 carries. And, oh, by the way, the Cowboys had a 100-yard receiver, C.D. Lamb, who caught 8 of 11 passes for 124 yards. First time all year the Giants' pass defense has given up a, a Hundred plus yards to an opposing receiver, so you know just total breakdowns across the board. And I'll tell you what, going back to to head coach Joe Judge for a moment, you know he talks about how he's seeing incremental progress. And at this stage of the game, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Look, I disagree with you" or whatnot, but. I sure would like to know what progress is being seen. You know, these, th- this is obviously be taking place behind the scenes in practice. This is where they're seeing the progress. And whatever progress they're making just isn't transferring over to the field because you're seeing fundamental mistakes and whatnot. And it's a question that, you know, if I get selected, I think I'm going to pose that one to Coach Judge because what exactly is progress? It's not the record, obviously, at least not in their their uh, minds. It's not, you know, obviously the, there's a, a reconciliation between what they're seeing on the field and what they're seeing, um, you know, in practice. And it's the old saying, I mean, Pat Shermer used to say it all the time that there was progress being made in practice, and yet we never saw it. So I'm not ready to say that Joe Judge has got to go. Quite the contrary, I think he's got a very bright future here, and I like everything he's done for the most part. But stop telling me about the progress you're seeing until it's out there on the field. I I, I don't think that's asking too much. So, 
All right, Giant fans, that'll do it for this edition of Locked on Giants. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. And make sure you tune in tomorrow. I'm going to see if I can grab a guest for tomorrow's show where we'll have more on your New York Giants. So this is Patricia Trainer. Have a great day.